This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, ladies and gents. This is Dr. Vic, and you are listening to The Mindful Experiment. In this episode, I had the pleasure to interview Debbie and Dr. Rob Maldonado. They are utilizing Jungian psychology and transforming many different lives on so many different levels. They're respectfully the president and the CEO of the Academy of Jungian Spiritual Psychology, providing world-class personal development and coach training that transforms people's lives through live seminars and multimedia online courses. Dr. Rob is recognized internationally as a human behavioral and relationship expert. He and Dr. Debbie is a master Hungarian life coach, instructor, and the author of the best-selling book, Let Love In, Open Your Heart and Mind to Attract Your Ideal Partner. 
Debbie and Rob have helped thousands of women around the world improve their personal relationships, increase their income, create their dream business, and discover their purpose in life through deep multi-sensory process based on Jungian psychology and Eastern traditions. Their mission is to raise the bar in the personal development industry to provide a higher level of training with more depth, real psychology, and science-based solutions that truly transform a person into their true self. This was a great interview that they dove deep about their experiences, like Debbie shares about taking her coaching business all the way up to from six figures to seven figure level and the work that they do and the different things that they work with and with, you know, neurodevelopmental, uh, neuropsychology, multicultural, social, neuroscience, and so much more. And it's really great. The, the, the gem, the, 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 the gelling of the both of them working together is a great duo. And you'll get that and feel that as we go through, uh, the podcast and the episode and so much more. So I cannot wait and no longer to share with you Debbie and Dr. Rob Maldonado. So Dr. Rob and Debbie, I want to first uh, just really welcome you to the show. So excited to have you guys on. Great to be here. Nice to be here. Absolutely. So you guys do a lot of fun stuff and it's right up my alley in a sense because Jungian psychology and all that and, and all that kind of stuff, it fascinated at a young age. So um uh, when I saw you guys researching you guys and studying you guys, I was like, this is going to be a fun episode. So I'm really excited to be, uh, have you guys here. Same here. Yeah, it's, uh, we do have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Main driving force. Yes, if we're fun. not having fun, we're doing something wrong. I think that's what they say. It's so true, right? That's so true. So but one thing I always like to ask people in the beginning is like how you got into this. Like what kind of led you that way to get into – and I'm probably messing up the word – Jungian psychology and, and all the stuff that you guys do. That's close enough. Yeah. Young, <laughs> young and the restless. Like a, yeah, the J in young is like a Y. So. There we go. That's right. Young. Okay. Perfect. Swiss. I think it's a German name, right? Uh, young? Anyway. Uh, well, I, it started off with me, uh, the lonely Debbie, going off and trying to do personal development in order to figure out my life. I was looking for my purpose. I was looking for love. And so I delved into it. You name it, I did it. Uh, everything in the... Uh, I talked to my clients and they're like, oh, I did this. Oh, yeah, I did that too. And for years, I was basically going on in circles for a while and... Um, and then uh, I got laid off from my corporate job. I was doing internet marketing for uh, Gaiam, which is a big um, company that does yoga. And I thought I was kind of doing my purpose, doing some spiritual, uh, working for a spiritual company. But I think I was really driven to be an entrepreneur. So when I was laid off, I said, I have to do something different. I love psychology. What can I do? And I just went to hypnotherapy school because I really was intrigued with the mind and creating. And I started off as a hypnotherapist. And then lo and behold, I met my husband, Dr. Rob, and we just started talking about like what I was learning as a hypnotherapist and what I was doing with my clients and working with them in relationships. And he was talking, he, I'll have him tell you what his side of the story is, but he started introducing me to Jungian psychology. And I, it was so intriguing to me. I was like, we're... I kind of heard some things about Jung. You heard about the collective unconscious and you hear about the shadow and you hear about synchronicity and all these terms that archetypes. And I never really studied it deeply because it is really complex at, at, the, at the deepest level. But I started asking him, would you mind doing some, sh like I had a little radio show. I was like, do you mind being on my show and introducing this topic? And I started you know, slowly pulling him into teaching with me. 
And then, uh, and then we finally decided to start a company together. And, um, and what I noticed is that the difference between what I was doing in hypnotherapy and what I do now is that in hypnotherapy, I was working on symptom relief and on really short term, like, and then healing, you know, more of a therapy based type of, uh, coaching. And it actually isn't coaching. It's more therapy and shifted to a coaching model where it was more of a positive. Uh, way of working with a client, having her see herself as whole. A lot of our single clients see that they're going out there and everyone's telling them they're wounded and they have to heal their childhood. And, and I wanted to really help them in a way to start off being feeling whole and kn- knowing that they have a higher potential. And so um, some yeah. of the conversations Rob and I had early on formulated that idea that let's stop healing people. Let's stop using therapy on these people and let's come up with another way to use Jungian psychology in a more positive way. Yeah. And that's uh, how we, how we, we put, he put my peanut butter and my chocolate and we made a delicious, tasty business. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. My, my approach was completely uh, on the other side of the spectrum. I, you know, I started to, I started really with Jung. Uh, it was one of the first psychology books that I read and was intrigued from the beginning and, and was uh, reading Eastern philosophy at that time. And this was before I got into university and all that. Well, once I got into the university, um, you know, kind of I got into well, the paradigm of the modern psychology, right, which is more neuroscience and um neurodevelopment. Uh, I did a lot of my uh, pre-doc training in in neurodevelopmental disorders uh, in children and um, got to kind of got to see what the state of the science was as far as what we know about the human being from the from the biological genetic perspective and uh, eventually I got a, a got back around to Young when I met Debbie, because that was the conversation. Is like, you know, what is what are people talking about when they're talking about self actualization and personal development? Well, you know, we started going through the theories that are out there, and the Jungian model was really the deepest one, the one that addressed the kind of the existential postmodern state of uh, where people are at now with where you know they're kind of seeing the universe in this fragmented um, materialistic point of view that's leaving them empty really because there's no power in that mm-hmm. you know if you're only a biological being made up of these uh, particles and atoms and your psychology is just about uh, depending on what the scientific data says, uh, that's uh, spiritual poverty, basically. You're living in a very you know, po- impoverished universe. Uh, when you know, in- Debbie introduced me to coaching, we thought, well, here's a vehicle to deliver something that the ordinary person can use to transform this aspect of their psyche. You know, in a non-healing, non-therapeutic model, so that they don't have to reach those crisis points to to access psychology. Mm-hmm. They can do it in a, in a positive model, in a, in a 
creative uh, human potential model. I like that. It's pretty, that's it's very empowering. And you guys are, it, it, some people call this like going up to the upstream. You're going, cause like even with, you know, therapy, you, you it is sometimes just, you know, putting a bandaid on, bandaid on things compared to um, working more into the psyche, into that aspect, uh, working on their mind per se. Would you, is that kind of like the path you guys work on with uh, Jungian type uh, psychology and the work you do? Yes, absolutely. It, yeah, we see the mind as creative and also a- alive, where a lot of people th- talk about the mind as re- reprogramming and it's like a computer. We see the mind as the psyche as alive and it's there's a deeper aspect of us that's alive that's uncon- that we're not conscious of. And so we think that what who we are is just what we know and what we were aware of. It's such a tiny little sliver of what is available to us. And so it's basically what we do is take the blinders off people and have them see through symbolic images, through dreams, through visualization, through working with uh, project, understanding what, how their mind is projecting what's going on inside. The world becomes much bigger and much more uh, filled with potential versus I'm only, only seeing what uh, I externally can feel with my senses. There's actually another whole layer to us. And then that's where the world, it just, it's such a deep process that um, that I think you never get bored with it. That's why we have so much fun because there's so much creativity and aliveness to who we are. And it's, it's a shame if someone doesn't discover this in their life and they're just after the material part of life. There's a mystical part of life that makes life worth living. So true in so many ways. I mean, we see it, you know, things I share a lot is all about like we live in a 1% reality where we think this is reality, the external environment, the five senses, the material, all that compared to the 99 is like a whole vastness of a whole different world that's beyond uh, our five senses that takes, as you guys are just saying, it never gets boring, right? It's always, there's something new. There's, it's creative energy. It just never ends. And uh, uh, just a vast different comparison between the two. Unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. people in this day and age are living more in that 1%, but there is a shift happening. And it's kind of cool to see that when, and you guys probably experience that a lot, when you see the people shift from that one to the 99, and it's just like, something has wakened back in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think individuation, just like Jung says, it it's innate in us. It's what we're meant to be doing. Really, it's that's what we're designed for. If you look at the human body and the brain and and the mind, that's what it's designed for. It loves to do that. It loves to think about uh, these abstract ideas. To uh, think about possibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the imagination is. You know, the most incredible instrument uh, in the universe, probably just it, it can create out of thought, out of mm-hmm. consciousness. And uh, most people, because they don't understand the nature of consciousness, they think they are their their personal mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they 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 buy into this idea that I'm the persona, and that my whole Life is about making sure this persona survives and thrives and people accept it. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a survival strategy. Mm-hmm. And it only goes up to that level, the survival level. If so, you want to experience the, you know, the human potential, you have to individuate. You have to undergo that transformation that Jung called individuation. And I don't know if you guys, this is what we do as chiropractors, everything, we're, we're massive on individualizing, massive on um, um, 
each individual on their own path and helping them evolve and, and, and adapt to their environment the way they need to. And, 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 and in chiropractic, we also say that there is no, uh, no one care plan is the same. No one adjustment does the same thing to one each individual. Nice. Which is which is kind of cool. Talking about this though, what happens when, or what's the the issue or the problem that you guys may see and say when it comes to individuals? May it be an individual themselves, a business owner, an entrepreneur, whatever it may, whatever the label is, um, when they don't individualize, what happens? What's what's the problem when people don't do that? Um, it's a very scary place. Well. <laughs> <laughs> If they don't individualize, what they're doing is they're actually creating a life based on the ego. And if you think about, the, the, I love this metaphor in Eastern philosophy is that the, there's an ocean of consciousness. So think about the ocean and each wave on the ocean is our individual consciousness. And then the bubble on the foam on the top of the <laughs> uh, top of the wave is your ego. And that 90, think, let's go back to 99% people in the world are focused on that little bubble. And they feel separate from the ocean. They feel like they have to, they're tossed around by those storms and they're, um, they're just hanging on. And I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs who don't individuate, they get caught up and there's that whole, um, you know, if you look on a line in social media, everyone, and even all the courses talk about getting the most followers, who's on your list, how many people do you have at your events? Did you reach six figures? Did you reach seven figures? And the ego loves it because it kind of builds up. It thinks that if I reach that level, then I'll be, you know, then I'll survive. And it's a lot of survival and a lot of people um, building up a business that really doesn't reach their soul. And they're doing it more for competition or they're doing it to feel a uh, get acceptance from others. I've speak, spoken to people who have really successful, but their clients and customers are driving them crazy, and they're feeling they're they're almost like they're uh, like spinning the plates where they're exhausting themselves because it's coming from ego. And eventually, um, what Young calls, the, or I guess, uh, uh, what's his name, Campbell, <laughs> calls it the dark night of the soul, is that we go, undergo this. Um, questioning and this asking, who am I? What am I doing? And every, uh, I know a lot of people who have gone through it and they don't understand really what it is. And what happens is if they don't ask that question, something will happen to their business. They will have a lawsuit or they'll all, you know, some technology will break or uh, someone steals their idea or someone, uh, you know, they get divorced because they're relationship that falls apart. And so something happens in their life, like it can't be sustained. The ego is like kind of gets inflated and inflated like a balloon. And if you keep blowing it up, eventually it's going to pop and, uh, or you're going to get to the point where you're just so exhausted, you get sick. So these are the type of things that can happen if you don't individuate. And the, here's the, the real crime is that you aren't really doing your, your duty. You're not doing your sacred duty, your purpose, because you're actually whatever you're creating in your business is based on ego. It's not really coming from that deeper true self within you. And when you individuate, you kind of like step outside your ego. It's kind of like a bubble that you step outside of and you actually see what really, what's really important to you. What do you really want to do? And that's where creativity and innovation and intuition is outside of that bubble. But a lot of people, they're shut out from that creativity and what I've seen a lot, even in, especially in the coaching industry, and I'm sure in the entrepreneurial businesses, they just copy each other. They don't, there's no creativity anymore. Everyone's doing all the same 
funnels and, and processes. And, um, and then everyone thinks everyone else is fool. You know, it's like we're fooling each other, thinking everyone's do, doing so well because on social media, we're having our persona up there. But eventually it will crash. And some people sooner than others. And actually, when it does happen, we think it's the best thing that can happen to someone because mm-hmm. then they're on the greatest journey of their life. But mm-hmm. as long as the, the crime is if they, the su- success gets sustained over a few years and the ego gets so attached to that success under false, like a false foundation, uh, that it's harder to get out of. So it's easier if it happens earlier than later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Jung essentially saw the, the, the shadow, right? When it appears, meaning when things fall apart and when, when you, you start to self-sabotage or, or these illnesses or accidents come up, it, it's a calling. It's a calling to, to look inward, mm-hmm. to turn that, that external focus, externally focused consciousness inward into the, the self, looking for the self. And that process then activates the unconscious. Not only the personal unconscious, which is what, you know, what he meant by the shadow, but the deeper collective unconscious. We call it the creative unconscious because it's, it's really the source of creativity and inspiration. And, and when people connect to their creative unconscious, then it takes them, it guides them through this process of transformation and of becoming the true self. And it's it's it is beautiful to see. I mean, we we love to see people really become inspired, uh, go for their dreams, uh, just feel more in touch with their dreams, their their passions, and uh, that's what it's about. I love it, and it, it it's it's um, unfortunately in today's society there is a lot of copying going on and and all that stuff. I see it so often. And I always say, if you always follow the masses, you end up becoming invisible because it's one of the things that you just don't, uh, you don't really express the uniqueness of who you really are. And, and that's where, you know, dark night of the soul, all that stuff comes out because of, because of that big uh, issue that comes, that happens in that way. Um, do, is there things that people can do or how to um, find their individual voice, find their individual t- tapping into that process? Well, we start out by looking at what is, where they feel uncomfortable, like where, what's triggering them. And this waking world is like a house of mirrors. It's reflecting back our unconscious that we can't see through other people. And so the problem clients, the people, the vendors that aren't working well, um, the family members or whoever's triggering you, we have them see, they're actually showing us an aspect of our mind. And uh, so for example, if you are, um, say you have someone who is a client, like you're a chiropractor, you probably have people, you know, the, the service industries, there's always people that aren't happy with your services or don't want to pay or um, a, a business owner, especially in the service industry, can see what is reflecting back to them. What, what kind of, what, what's showing up for them that's triggering them? So if a client is unsatisfied and um, and it triggers you, it means that you're attached to pleasing everybody. And then we take them through a process and ask them, like, what what is the worst thing you can think about? They can think about you. And a lot of it is I'm um, incompetent. Um, uh, I, I, I let them down or 
they're jerks. You know, they don't. Appreciate <laughs> and uh, and then it's really showing something about your mind. And then you say, how is this dynamic? How is this judgment limiting my life? And what what they usually find out. I mean, this is a very basic, simple example. It's not very deep, but they find out that how much of my time is is trying to impress others. Is uh, how much is my energy trying to make sure everyone's happy? And how much of my time is spent on that one person who is unhappy versus the 99 other people that are really love you, you know, and, and how much of my energy is just kind of making sure that doesn't happen. And especially people in the service industry, I think they want to make other people happy. They're saying, I'm here to help others. And they feel that when they don't help someone, that they're failing. And the ego loves to hang on to that with the, that attachment of, your your worth is based on what other people think of you. And that's basically how the ego was constructed early on in life. We are building up our survival kit to make sure that we're, we fit in with everyone, that everyone likes us, that we don't cause any drama. Um, we, we have these like survival skills that we use psychologically to keep us uh, a part of the family and then a part of the culture and the part of the, the society that our classmates and then eventually our, colleagues and peers and friends. And then um, that persona basically is what we're attached to, that people need to think this of us. All those things that they want to be, the helpful person, the opposite goes in the shadow because you can't be one thing without not being something else. So, So if you want to be the helpful person, what goes in the shadow is someone who's like a charlatan, someone who's scamming, someone who's hurting people. And so that they push that away. And then anytime someone questions what, what their, you know, their work is, they get triggered because it's like touching on that shadow. And so they end up building up a business or service that actually is, is really kind of false. It's, it's almost like I'm doing it to look good versus, you know, I really want to say this, but I better not because people won't like it. Or I really want to move this way, but I better not because it's not safe and I'll lose my base. I'll lose my, uh, these people, and then it becomes a trap. And so that's really a, something really simple people can ask is, who's the one person in my life right now? I'm sure there's someone this week that has triggered you. And I ask, like, why is that? Why is that person? Why am I giving that person so much power? And they're reflecting back something that you don't want to be. And that is limiting what's possible for you because you're creating really for survival of the persona versus really living on that deeper level. And then once you go through that level, then you have access to your intuition and creativity. But until you kind of, that's the first barrier that you have to, the shadow is the first barrier. Before you get into the riches, it's like the hero's journey. You have to face these obstacles before you get to, you have to earn your right basically to get to the goodies, the gold. Yeah. Yeah. It is a type of initiation Mm -hmm. into the deeper mind. And accept responsibility for everyone. Everything that's showing up in your life is the sources from coming from within you. That there's no, no external objective reality out there. It's always coming from within you and it's reflective. And the more you pull back that projection and stop feeling powerless in the world, the more power will, you'll realize within yourself. And, and it's so true in, in so many ways. I think the biggest thing is that self-responsibility for people. I mean, a lot of people, especially in society, we're, we're taught and trained, you know, uh, you see it in, in just the news and media about victim and this happened and this, this, and I'm a victim for this or so forth. Uh, 
compared to say, you know what, maybe I am the, the cause of all things, which is sometimes a tough pill to swallow for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I said, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, you know, one of the things I've, I've, I've learned through time is that people will spend twice the amount of energy to avoid pain than to, and I mean, and that could be the dark soul, the shadow and all that stuff, than to just go through the initiation process, like you said, Dr. Rob, which I like that, uh, to go ahead and just do the work. How important is it for people to get into the shadow and do the work and just to, just, uh, just, yeah, basically into the shadow and just do the work. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it is, uh, uh, the question arises essentially this way. If, if I've been focused on my consciousness, right? My awareness in this world and building up the ego, um, there's nothing wrong with that. That that's essentially our first task in this world is to create a viable persona and and push away the shadow and uh, what doesn't serve us, what what is not us in a sense, or what we don't identify with. But then the question uh, becomes: Is that all there is for me? You know, and we hit that existential wall of there's got to be more than this. You know, I I, I got success, I got the car, I got the the, the house and, and the relationship, but I'm miserable. Or, or there's an emptiness. There's like a, a feeling that I'm not really doing what I'm meant to be doing. Um, that discomfort then leads to how can I access the other part of my, my psyche, which is what you don't call the unconscious. And by definition, the unconscious, we cannot see it. It's invisible to us. So most people feel stumped because, you know, the, nobody talks about what is the unconscious and how do we access it? Or they talk about it in that sense of a program, mm-hmm. that it's a type of computer that's been wrongly programmed and, and you have to go in there and rewire it or something, something like that. Now, there are some aspects of the mind that are computer-like or the brain, you know, it, it operates under those principles. But we're talking about the deeper psyche or the overall psyche. The way we approach it then is that if we start to understand that, like Debbie was saying, what we're seeing in the world, not only other people, but essentially the way we're interpreting our sensory experience of the world is really reflecting our deeper mind, our unconscious mind. Then we start to understand that my unconscious has always been right in front of me. Mm -hmm. It's everything I've been creating the way I've been seeing the world, the way I've been uh, creating relationships, the kind of money, the kind of profession, the, my, my satisfaction or dissatisfaction with my work, it's all reflecting my unconscious mind. We're, we're, uh, and Jung would say that we're taking back the projection. Mm-hmm. Instead of pushing it out into the world and thinking, well, it's out there, things are happening happening to me from outside we're seeing that no they're arising from my own mind it's like the the projection is basically pushing away our power and making the world have power versus we have power and i think a lot of people misunderstand that projection they think it's taking blame yes yes and that process then that taking back the projection it just activates the 
the creative mind from within where like you said it's the power mm-hmm. it, you know people used to call it spiritual power but it's essentially your your inner dynamic coming to life and that's the true self what you don't call the self it is what you're meant to be not this identification with a persona which is kind of a false uh, temporary self you know uh, you were saying that uh, dr vic that a lot of people will do you know avoid doing their work and they're in resistance and young said that people will do the most ridiculous things to avoid the shadow and the reason, <laughs> the reason is is because it the ego is operating from limited information just based on what it's learned to adapt and it decided at one time that what was in the shadow is life threatening or it would like die or you know kind of fall apart it was like a psychological survival that a lot of people push into their shadow like i cannot be a mean person because mean person people get hurt or they get put in jail or you know this kind of um like a child would think and so for us to actually say be open to like yeah i could be mean a little bit that is almost it's so threatening to the ego that the ego resists. And the ego is very tricky. And this is why you need a coach to do this. You cannot go through an individuation without a, a coach who's trained in it because the ego will make up every excuse, will justify the reason why you're putting things off, will rationalize, will intellectualize, will project and say, no, that's I, I'm spiritual enough. I know it all. I mean, we see a lot of people that say, I've done a lot of work. I don't really... I know everything. And then they start doing our work and they're like, I know nothing. It's like, a, <laughs> I know nothing, John Snow. Oh my God. I thought I knew everything. And now I know, I feel like I'm starting from the beginning again because really all the things that they learned were coming from, e- it's like ego based self help. You know, it's all about, and therapy really is building up the ego. I mean, that's what it was designed to do is to help people survive and cope. It's not for creating. And so if you try to mix like create universal principles with fixing, you're actually, it's like a, you're kind of putting one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. You're not really um, using the creative forces. You're just building up that coping mechanism and the ego and not really tapping into your true self. And I think people don't even realize what their true self is. They think their true self is being super confident and being super successful. Now I'm being my true self because I'm not the poor little kid who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. Now I'm the successful entrepreneur. This is my true self. No, that's just the opposite of your shadow, which is if you grew up very poor, then you flip and become very wealthy. The poor person goes in the shadow. And eventually that poor person from the past that you denied and reject is going to come knock on your door one day (laughs) in the form of someone sabotaging or you self-sabotaging. So you see that I think a lot of people just flip the coin in their life and they don't realize that there's two sides to it. So whenever you're you're really attached to being one way, the opposite goes in the shadow, and it, because the psyche has to balance itself that way before you go through the shadow work. And then once you go through the shadow work, it's not that you want to be poor, but it's a choice. You're not building up wealth because you fear being poor again. And I see this a lot. I mean, I saw this with myself too. That kind of getting caught up in being the six figure, then the seven figure coach, then the multiple. You know, you have to be that. Um, so everyone's impressed by you. It's like the only person you're trying to impress is yourself, really. And, uh, and so we have to really be humble and really, uh, be intimate with our own psyche and understand that, 
Um, we can have all those things. It, the key is we want to be able to choose it, not let the shadow dictate and drive us to exhaustion to try to build it up. I, I like that very much. And you guys explained it very elegantly with it. And, it, and it's, it's true in so many ways. Um, you know, e- I mean, ego, ego has a place. I always tell people that it has like, we wouldn't be here without it, but I would say, don't let it dictate your life and don't let it control every fabric and say, well, you know, if you're not here at this, like a six figure or seven figure, then you're not successful. And I mean, I went through that my own self thinking that and men do this more often than women, not saying women don't, um, but it's, it's men, we value or, or look at ourselves in a way to where uh, financially I'm successful if I have this much money. And then it, depending on what profession or group you're in and what they say and dictate the leaders of them, then you kind of, they format that mind to tell you the same thing that, Hey, this is what success means. And then all of a sudden you think in your world, at least that's what happened to me. Uh, I thought, okay, I have to be at this level, see this amount of people do this, be at this level, get these accolades, all these awards. And the next, you know, I am successful. I'm considered to be a good chiropractor who's serving the masses. Like I always wanted to and so forth, which then of course, when you get there, you look back and the shadow comes out and then you're like, um, I'm still not happy. Still not fulfilled here. What's going on? I remember uh, it really hit me one time when we had reached seven figures and I was uh, on a stage of my coach, uh, you know, I paid, paid to be on stage. I don't know why I did that to, to, to be a testimonial, but I remember the year before going, Oh, I want to be on that stage. I want to be the, the coach that made it and the success. And so I had all these badges on, on my little uh, name badge. I was VIP and, you know, excellent, you know, whatever that they put on the, at those events. And I remember taking the badge off after I spoke on stage and I was like, Hmm, I'm still me. And it was almost like I took that persona off and I just looked at that and I was like, it's not that big a deal. I'm still the same person. Like this idea that once I get there, my life will be easier and I won't have to deal with problems and I don't have to deal with money. And I just, you know, we'll just sit on the beach, like they say, and uh, sit at my pool on my laptop and let the, the cash just flow in. It's, it's so like, <laughs> ridiculous what they teach. And, um, and I, I, you know, we all get caught up in it. And I think that's why we're so passionate about individuation, because when you individuate, then you can really do your, your true work. And I see a lot of coaches that are actually business and business coaching. They, they, uh, they're doing it because they think that's the fastest way to make money. And it's the copy of the copy of business coach now, and everyone's a social media expert. And, and I think that deep down inside, they got into the business because they wanted to help people on a personal level, not build a business. And, and I see a lot of them kind of feel like they want to go back and they, they don't know how to leave their, what they built up financially to really do what they love. And, um, and that's really, um, I think that's what individuation can do. It's clarify your purpose and help you feel more satisfied and have more meaning and have the money you want and the success and the relationships, but coming from a different place. I couldn't agree more. And I, and I think when you do individual, individualize, or you guys say individuation, right? Individuation, yes. Individuation, right? So I believe when you do that, um, just my own personal experience and, and some other uh, friends of mine who've uh, have gotten away from the molds of what we're told and kind of done their own thing. You, you do, you are happier, more fulfilled, but even financially you're rewarded more than when you were before, uh, not initially, but over time. Uh, and, and, and it's funny how that worked out. Cause I was like, I'm not doing what I'm told to do or what I was explained to do or how I was taught, but I'm doing something that's so vastly against the grain, but at the same token, it, it's working out better for some reason. And then it was, it was at first one, I was like, I'm not even working as hard as I thought I needed to anymore. 
Yes, it, yeah, it is remarkable. It's like things just appear. <laughs> yes, so true. I just say, just ask for what I want, and it, it shows up. And if I just don't have any attachment to it, and just expect it that it's it's a definite um, result that's going to show up for me, it just shows up. And and sometimes really fast. But before it was, I have to really work hard. I got to do a launch. I got to manifest and I got to visualize all the time. And I think that's the key is I think people are trying too hard to manifest things. And when you you feel that you're, you're trying hard and you're thinking that you're attracting it from outside, then it feels like this force of, oh my God, I got to put my vibration out there and pull it back (laughs) in. And you're like kind of lassoing it in and it feels exhausting. But when it comes from inside of you, it's almost like you wake up and the world is created from inside of you versus it's something separate that I have to go out and work hard to achieve. So true. And it's like you guys said earlier, it's just taking your power back, you know, taking the power of the focused energy back to you instead of putting it out outside of you. Yes. So true. Now, is there like a, a, a psychology to success? You know, I've, I've heard this so many times, uh, you know, with the law of, you know, law of attraction, the secret came out, and they, they talked a lot about that. And they always, uh, the, the, the verbiage that's used often is, you know, if you gave everybody all the money and spread it out evenly within a few, a year to a couple of years, all the money will be back to the same individuals. Um, is there some sort of a psychology to uh, or success? If if I'm, 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 I got a few questions in here, but because um, success could be also something different to each individual, but just in the in success in general, is there a psychology to it? Yeah, yeah. From our perspective, because we let's say the underlying <clears throat> excuse me the underlying philosophy that we operate from <clears throat> is. Um, that the universe is essentially consciousness. Now, a lot of people may say this, but if you listen to the way they're speaking and, and how they conceptualize creating and, and, and manifesting, they're falling back to the same materialistic uh, interpretation of the universe, that it's somehow, that, that things are somehow independent of their mind. Uh, and and the, the, really the, the paradigm of consciousness uh, affirms that there is nothing outside of consciousness. Everything we experience as human beings, the main, essentially the human, the the universe, is is consciousness. Uh, there is no nothing outside of that. That's that non-duality. Uh, there is no other, not two, not a physical universe and a and a spiritual universe, but that everything exists within kind of that universal mind we call consciousness. When you operate from from that perspective, then you see that if you want to create abundance, if you want to create what people call success, well, you have to create it from within. It's not about going out there, you know, into the world. Obviously, we're, we're going to take action, but the action is essentially to 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 manifest it in the in what we call or what we experience as the physical universe we have to create it first as an idea as a mental construct as a as a way of uh experiencing ourselves in the universe when you're able to create that and understand that and 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 you're operating from that paradigm of consciousness then you're on the right track because even if you succeed in, let's say, uh, manifesting abundance 
but you're still in that materialistic universal paradigm, it's, it's only going to lead you to more bondage, to more attachment. The things will own you essentially. They'll feel outside of you. Yes. Because you'll always fear losing them and, and they'll appear to be external to you and you'll always be bound to them somehow. And that's not what we want. We want to create out of freedom. Mm. In other words, we want the money, the success to serve our higher purpose, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. If we're serving it, uh, you know, the game's up. Basically. Like if I'm good, I get the money. Yes. Like if I do it right, I'll get the money. A lot of people say that. I think I'm doing it wrong. The money is not coming in. And uh, that uh, in itself is, are you really doing, and, and this is really important. Don't do personal development to get material things. A lot of people do that. Like if I, and of course it's a marketing trick, like, Oh, you want to find love? It's like the little carrot. (laughs) But but the thing is that the true um, journey of personal development in its truest sense in psychology and understanding your psyche is to understand who you are. And that should be the goal. If I can understand who I really am on a deep level, then everything else will fall into place. Then you can have the money and you can have the success and love and relationships and harmony that you want. But that should be the goal. Not if I get that money, then I'll feel good about myself. That's ego. And a lot of people even use personal development. The ego uses personal development to build up your worth. And uh, I remember when I, the secret first came out and I would have friends that were all, everyone was doing the secret and they had this kind of manifestation, uh, kind of hierarchy, like, oh, I manifested this in two days. It's almost like this persona that I'm somehow more evolved than you because I was able to do it and you can't. And I think people beat themselves up a lot because they think I'm doing all this work and nothing's happening. And why am I not? Why isn't it working? Why is it working for Sally who is not as smart as me or she doesn't have a great service as I do, but Sally's making a lot of money and I'm not. Uh, it's, it's that, um, you know, that you're not doing it for the, uh, you're doing it to kind of build up your ego and, and identify that your worth is in the success, but the success is really just a reflection of your worth and your perception of your worth versus, uh, the cause of your worth and value. And so the personal growth, it comes in to help you realize that it's, you know, putting the cart before the horse, the effect out there is the causes within your mind. Nothing out there uh, can give you anything unless your mind agrees to it. That's again, a- claiming the power. It's come yeah. back in. <laughs> Always. It out there. It's like a flashlight. A lot of people put the flashlight outside to, you know, go out there. And what we're doing is turning it in ourselves to say, here's where the energy is. Here's where the light is. And I think most people are like, and and this is a one thing that's interesting is that a lot of people think their worth is tied to other people helping other people. And then then that is actually an ego that you're only good if you can help others. You can't really help others if you're just if that's your goal is that you're dependent on outside forces to be helped for you to feel good about yourself. <laughs> it's just like it, 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 the ego is very clever. It'll just attach itself to anything. And I was, it's, just, it's so funny too, because ego, I always tell people ego is just like one of the, it, it is so wise and so smart. It knows all your weaknesses. And so it'll know how to formulate a story, create something to trick you in every step of the way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in neuroscience, now that's confirmed. Uh, our our neurology essentially makes up a, a a decision or or gives us the decision eight seconds before we're conscious of it, and and then we create a little story to account for why we decided that. Mm-hmm. But it's actually our conditioned mind doing it for us. And if it was a good decision, we say, "Ooh, I'm so intuitive. I'm so glad." <laughs> And then if we make a bad decision, say, oh, well, you know, I did it wrong. See, don't take any more risks. I I better, better pull back. That's so true. That's so true. And you brought up some neuroscience and some of the stuff on there. Like, how would you define reality based on the latest neuroscience, the latest research that's out there? Yeah, it's it's an exciting time to be working. Uh, like in your field, uh, oh my God, you know the mind body uh, research that's coming out is is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's essentially confirming what the ancient Upanishads say about consciousness, which that it's essentially like this. So, well, let's just go by the neuroscience. So the neuroscience says what we are perceiving is essentially constructed in the mind and we we take in sensory information yes but our mind what it does it creates an, an internal model of reality and that's what we're moving through <laughs> we're moving through this internal model that is constructed literally reconstructed moment by moment in the mind and What's out there has little to do with that internal model. What we are experiencing, what we have direct contact with is that internal model that the, the brain mind creates. And um, this sets up an interesting dilemma because Western science is based on sensory information. You can think of the microscopes and the telescopes and everything as extensions of our sensory processes. And so it's questioning its own self, in essence, if we can't trust our senses to give us an objective reality that's out there and equal to all of us, then, you know, why are we so dead set on this scientific understanding of the universe, this materialistic uh, uh, interpretation of the universe? It, it, it really calls it into question. And that, that's what the whole quantum uh, science is, is uh, talking about, right? Uh, Einstein himself was very disturbed by this <laughs> this finding because it really called into question the whole idea of, you know, uh, is there an objective reality out there and you know there doesn't seem to be one so it goes back to the Upanishads which which say we are experiencing what's called maya now maya doesn't mean it doesn't exist but the way it exists is it exists as a dream it's very dreamlike in other words it's arising from consciousness and it's just like you cannot separate the dream from the dreamer you cannot separate this experience that we have of the waking conscious universe from our mind. It, it essentially arises from mind, and it is very much our own creation. When you don't understand that, you're caught up 
through the projection, through the attachment to these apparently external things, and you're caught up in the drama. It, just like when you're caught up in the dream, you think you're experiencing a reality of somehow, a, a solid reality. But when you wake up, you realize, oh, it was a dream. It's the same thing here. When you're caught up, you're thinking, I'm experiencing these real events and they're coming from external sources out there, independent of me. But as you wake up, as you become enlightened, as the, the mind awakens, you realize, I'm the, I'm the creator of all this. <laughs> and it's kind of scary because, it, you know, if you've brought up in a, with a religion to pray to a God, and you leave it up to God, you know, you leave it up to the universe, even the, the universe, leave it up to the universe. It's sort of a, a way to kind of the ego justifies like my favorite phrase, not everything happens for a reason. Everyone says everything happens for a reason. It's almost like a way to push away that, oh, well, I guess God didn't want that or fate mm -hmm. didn't want to have that or the universe is going to send me something better. And that kind of um, kind of passive uh, creating in the world. And I love, uh, I, when Rob talks about neuroscience, I just get all like, wow, it's so, so fascinating. It, it is. I always, uh, you know, my background, I mean, as a chiropractor, I have extensive studies in neurology and, and, um, and I always, I always tell people, uh, there's a phrase I use when I, when I educate and share on health. And I always tell people, if you never in, in bring the brain into the conversation of health, you can't, you're, you're going to have a limited experience of health because the brain controls and communicates everything. On the spiritual side, I say the same thing because on a spiritual level, there's you know they're starting to understand more. All the new science coming out, they're starting to grasp and understand that. Wait a minute, when we activate these centers and we do this and we try to uh, utilize things like the, the the Hindus are massive into uh, Hindu philosophy is big into the breath. I mean, Zen and uh, Eastern philosophies about the breath and life, and now there there's science that's coming up saying. Holy cow, the breath can actually take you to higher dimensions and different planes. If you go into it deep enough, it can happen. Um, and it's just fascinating on the stuff that's coming out because we can actually do things in shorter times, which ego likes that, right? How faster can I do things? You guys were talking about that with success. Um, but there, there is a lot of research coming out, even just with breath and breath work and how, um, you know, these yogis that take 20 to 30 years to get to these elevated states, we can do it now within a few months of just practicing principal breath work. Nice. Yes. <laughs> and it, and it's, uh, it's very interesting, but yeah, even with, um, with what's cool times right now too, is you with, with quantum physics is just coming together. And I, I, I teach a lot on, uh, how spirituality and science is coming together like a marriage mm -hmm. and one supporting the other. Finally, uh, yeah. where this never was in an arena before. <laughs> yeah. I think we're in the cusp of a new, uh, a completely new way of seeing uh, science and spirituality. Yeah. An East West merger, if you will. Um, and, and it's, I think it's it's up to people like yourself and ourselves to to lead and and, and really affirm that this is the, the right way to see things or the new way to see things where we're we're considering both the ancient knowledge as well as what's going on in the current science. So really the law of attraction is a misunderstanding of how the universe works because you're not really attracting anything like a no. magnet. Yes. You're, 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 <laughs> 
we call it the law of perception. It really is just what you're perceiving. And do you want to perceive a new reality? You can dream it up. And I love the Jungian work too, because uh, we talk a lot about dream interpretation. Mm. A, way, a great way to understand, this is for me, because I'm not a neuroscientist, to understand Maya and the, the, the world we live in, is if you think about a dream and you remember a dream, what happens when you wake up? What happens to the buildings, the, the people in that dream, the situation? Your mind created that. So the waking life is actually not as real as your dreaming life. So the dreaming life is actually more real. So if you think of the waking life as a dream uh, and remembering what you experience in dreams, that that's really the truth of what we're experiencing because no one told you to dream. There's no like external reality that you're in a dream. You're, you're building these built, uh, constructs of people and circumstances from your own psyche. And so uh, that's an easy way to think about it and, it and kind of a scary way that this is my creation and, oh, no, I have no one to blame now. And, but we get, we, it's really about taking responsibility and taking back our spiritual power and, uh, and be, the, be the force of creation versus following the herd and feeling separate from everything. Yeah. And we, we definitely see that it is a process of mm-hmm. shifting that perception. It doesn't happen just by, uh, let's say, by, uh, by understanding intellectually the, the construct, by, by, but by really experiencing it yourself, mm-hmm. by somebody guiding you through that process of shifting your perception to where you're able to directly perceive it yourself. And that's what we want. We, 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 you know, we don't want just to teach just intellectual uh, constructs. We want to take people through an actual transformative experience of shifting their perception to where they're able to see it th- themselves and access it themselves. And that, that's why we developed the coaching school because we, we wanted people to, to be out there empowered, uh, to be teaching others, to be coaching others through, through that, you know, create that ripple effect. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's where you, 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 your, your reach expands even more. Yes, because there is a need for this. And, uh, and we want, we feel like the coaching industry needs a shift away from the healing or just the basic self-help, pop self-help. And there people want a real psychology that they can use at not just symptom uh, relief, but actually a long process where they can work with clients on a longer term basis and take them through a really deep, profound transformation. Yeah. And as I was just about to use that word, you want to create that transformational process where they can never return back to who they were. And it's, it's changed. It's like a butterfly from a cap- caterpillar and just creating that massive shift. I love it. So how can then people connect with you guys? How can they reach out and get to know more about you guys? What are you up to? I know you guys have online programs, you have coaching, you got a bunch of stuff. I was, I was looking at your website. So uh, how can they all get a hold of you guys? Well, we are, uh, we have a new, uh, URL that we're going to be using, and it's the center of JPP dot com, and it's the center of Young and Positive Psychology, which is our company. Uh, we are our we do training for coach training, and then we also do training for non coaches to help them go through the process. We offer courses and paper uh, trainings and live events. We have um, a bunch of live events coming up this year called Alchemy all over the world in Prague and DC and LA. And we also have um, courses that we do 
that help people understand their shadow, understand dream interpretation, and even opportunities to coach with our coaching team to work with us to go on the journey. So it's the center of jpp.com. Awesome. Um, well, I want to thank you guys for being on. This was a lot of fun. Right? Uh, yeah, it was really great. Same here. Yeah. Awesome. It's uh, a lot of cool stuff. I mean, like I said, young and I know young young in psychology. I know a little bit about it. Now I'm more intrigued uh, with all the, all this stuff and so forth. So uh, I want to appreciate you guys for all the work you're doing. The world definitely uh, definitely needs this type of stuff, and the, and uh, I just appreciate all the work you guys are doing to to help individuals with all of it. It's same here. We really love uh, what you you're doing uh, in your work, and uh, you know we just want to say keep up the good work. Yeah. Thank you guys. I appreciate greatly appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is DrVic21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash DrVicManzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.